All right, we're recording like crazy. Like crazy. My little uh, uh, arrow is dashing across the screen. Arrow? Uh, what I don't software know what are you using? My, my trigger, my, my... Oh, I see what you mean in Audacity. Yeah. It is, a, it is totally an arrow. I never look at Audacity. I like press record and then I minimize immediately. Oh, well. I have more going on on my screen then, I guess. I've got way more faith in my abilities to actually record that I just I just press that button and then hope that it works and <laughs> doesn't fuck up. Uh, I have the screen real estate and I need something to keep me awake. <laughs> so. Uh, so how's it going? Um, all right. Uh, I was awoken at about three because my bastard smoke alarm decided that it's it's uh, it was going to kill its whole battery and then start that awful beeping process they always do when there's no batteries. <laughs> it couldn't be at, you know, noon. It couldn't be at five. No, it has to be the middle of the night. And it's yeah. so annoying. And of course, I don't have the battery to replace it. And of course, there's yeah. no stores open. So I can't even go out somewhere at 3 a.m. to get a replacement if I wanted to. Um, the last did time you at least happened, have like a Did you at least have like a ladder to get to it to take the battery out? If you take the battery out, it still keeps beeping. Oh, fuck. It's got like, I don't know, it must have store some charge so that it can still be as annoying as possible even if you remove the battery. It's like the yeah. worst thing ever. Um, the last time this happened, we had just gotten back from uh, a trip and we got home at like 1 a.m. and it was winter and it was freezing and everything was awful and the car battery had died and there was a we had a flat <laughs> tire and it was just an awful day and we finally got home and the fucking smoke detector was going beep, beep, beep every 10 seconds. There was nothing I could do and I just couldn't sleep. I remember I ripped the thing off the ceiling and, and like it in a box and covered it with like three pillows because even if you remove it from the ceiling <laughs> it still keeps beeping so wow. this time i was like uh i'm just gonna obviously i'm just gonna go buy a battery but i haven't been asleep since three thanks to that nice yeah it's wonderful i know uh so this time i'm just gonna go in i don't even know why i didn't do this last time but it's of course it's a d battery which i think is the one battery we don't have um so i'm yeah. just gonna buy like is, 10 of them are these like the big cylindrical ones uh is it d sorry uh, not the uh nine volt it's a nine volt oh, okay battery with the, the, two, the rectangulars yeah, yeah those nice yeah. can't say i've had the same uh sleepless woes last night that's good well i went to bed quite early so i got i it was it was looking good <laughs> so i mean i'm not totally like actually i feel okay like, and i was did tired you kids sleep through that or what's that did your kids sleep through it uh, everyone else slept through it. I'm really sensitive to noise at night. It, it right. doesn't work for me. Like it woke me up and no one else even woke up and then I can't get back to sleep. So Nice. Yeah, not really. But <laughs> How about you? <laughs> How are things? Uh, pretty good. I, I ended up watching Birdman last night. Oh, uh, cool. that, it's, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming you haven't seen it? No. Uh, do you know anything about it? No. Okay. End of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we aim for no spoilers here anyway, so <laughs> uh it's it's a good one. It's it's Michael Keaton as uh the impression that I had before watching it was that he was like a superhero who had uh made superhero movies and then decided to focus on his acting career. Right. Uh, I think that's what the trailers lead you to believe it's supposed to be. That's certainly the impression I had before watching it. Um, and so, you know, it's it's kind of meta in a sense because Michael Keaton was Batman and now he's Birdman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, it was it was uh, really good. Uh, some some of my other friends who have seen it were confused by the the actual plot. Um, I it seemed to make sense to me. Uh, but the the thing that I thought was the absolute coolest about it is that it was all one consecutive shot. The entire movie. Yeah, there was no camera cuts. Two hour movie. Yeah. Wow, and was, did they flub anything? <laughs> Uh, I mean, there, there were moments where they, they obviously had to have cut in the real world, but they like cut while like looking at the sky or something and then just green screened in the transition. Uh, so it, I think it must've in reality been done in at least four different takes. Uh, but no, it was, it was really solid. Sweet. Well, I got a four to four rating from Ebert. I know that much. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> was, it, was it, did they have like an eight rating when it was Siskel and Ebert? Uh, I believe that they worked separately and they just came together to do the show. Right. So Ebert in his articles would give out of four ratings. And I I never really read anything from Siskel. I just knew that he was on the show with Ebert. So have you, have you ever seen like any of the, the, uh, leaked behind the scenes footage that made its way onto YouTube for from them. Ebert? Yeah. Oh, a little bit. And they're like, from what I can tell, they hated each other. <laughs> kind of jabbing at each other. <laughs> I've heard that they, I don't know. You, you really get that impression very strongly, but I've heard that, um, it's kind of, they just had that kind of relationship, but I yeah. don't know. I, yeah. From what I've seen, it's, it's pretty nasty, <laughs> pretty nasty. It's, it's, I I don't know what to think when I'm watching it. It's like, uh, how why, how could they stand working with each other at all? <laughs> well, even when you watch the show, sometimes like when they agree, it's kind of like I don't know. I, I've sensed some smugness. It's like, oh really? Okay. When they, yeah. when they disagree, it's just like vile. If you've really seen it, especially if it's like a wide disagreement. Watch their uh, their Gladiator review. That was good. <laughs> you know, it's all over it. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever actually watched any of their stuff. Like oh, really? back back when they were on TV, it was just the idea of paying attention to a film critic was just beyond me. It's like <laughs> I, I was happy to just plug Jurassic Park in and watch that a hundred times. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you know, I, I like talking about film more. It's like I don't, I don't actually value like if in the end whoever says whatever, right? Like if Ebert gives it two stars, you know, whatever. But I mean, just reading like them talking about it, I think it, it helps build a perspective, I guess, or at least you yeah. you understand what they think is important and then you can perhaps incorporate that into your own perspective at least. Yeah. But um, their show, I don't know. I never really, I've just never been a TV person. So I can't say I like watched it regularly, but I mean, I, I, I unfortunately was as, <laughs> as a, as a kid, we had cable and I watched like every episode of whatever sitcom or, or oh God, cartoon was sitcoms. on at the time. Even I watched now, I like, I watched every rerun of uh, Seinfeld and. Oh, wow. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, man. I could never, like, people constantly right now, constantly, constantly tell me, like, I should watch uh, Big Bang Theory. I'll love it. It's so awesome. And, yeah, you know, I it's don't... funny. I've seen it. And it's amusing, but I just, ah, oh, that like the laugh track and the like, yeah. the formula they adhere to, like just sitcoms, just, ah, oh, I can't do it. I just can't. It's just, I could never catch that kind of show regularly. It just drives me nuts. I, I was into specific ones. I, I liked yeah. Seinfeld a lot, uh, but th- that was like, that was like at a point where everyone started trying to copy the success of that and mm-hmm. like, 
uh, I don't know, there was like Reba McIntyre and uh, like, I don't know, like all these redneck country and Western people. And like, that was the focus of their show. Like whoever that guy was, you might be a redneck if. Uh, Jeff Foxworthy? Yeah. Like, I I think he had a show. Oh my God. (laughs) Wait a minute. Reba McIntyre? I thought she was only known in Nova Scotia. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Reba. Rita McNeil, or that's yeah, that's, Re- that's Rita McNeil. <laughs> Rita. Uh, Reba McIntyre. Now I've got to make complete certain that she was actually in a show. Uh, Reba McIntyre sitcom. Yeah, she totally had a sitcom. Oh God, I do remember the. Jeff it was Fox. called Reba. I kind of remember that. And she has like red hair. Am I thinking of yeah. the other person? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it was awesome. Um, yeah. TV, let's see. Uh, I found out that they, um, I think at different points in times, different channels played different things. But before the sci-fi channel even existed, um, yeah. I don't remember what, I think it was Channel 11, whatever that was, some like CBC <laughs> or something, played Star Trek, the original Star Trek at 4 a.m. And so since that was the only show I was interested in at all, I arranged my entire summer schedule so that I could watch it. So I literally, for like two, I, I don't know how long it was. It felt like, I don't know if it was one summer or what, but I would literally stay up until 4 a.m. every single day, watch this show until 5, and then go to sleep until whenever, noon or whatever. And so from like, I don't know, whenever, 11 till 4, um, I just would like draw and watch other things and screw around. So that was kind of my, I guess, my TV era. And I remember they played M.A.S.H., yeah, I think in some other show. So I watched Mash. I don't remember. I think I probably drew and screwed around, and then I watched Mash and Star Trek and went to sleep. So Star that, Trek, I've seen everything, but that's it. That that was actually a large part of my TV watching. Was uh, I would lay on the couch and I I had like a little lap desk. Okay. Uh, and I would totally be like drawing while listening to TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've that's totally. I I I've been there as well, especially like. I forget what channel it was. There was like this one channel that always showed movies all night. And TV had... Superstation. No, I didn't have that. It was this awful like I just remember the like the commercial bumpers were just awful like grainy 80s looking garbage. Right. And uh I would just put that on until like I think I watched a lot of that too. Did um, did I just hear you refer to the 80s as garbage? No, no, it was it was something from the 80s that was garbage. I didn't. I thought that was contradictory by nature. <laughs> um, well, if I saw it now, it would be awesome because it's super <laughs> nostalgic. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily like '80s TV. I mean, perhaps because I don't like TV. Let me hold on that. Sometimes <laughs> I don't. I don't know. This was bad. How about that? I I, I don't even I had, like think flashing it was letters 80s. and stuff. I don't even think it was '80s. I think like Degrassi. And the Wonder Years are like my early childhood nostalgia <laughs> trips. That's funny. You know, it might sound like I'm like me liking the '80s is this is this thing I just do, and it's kind of obnoxious and stuff. But <laughs> I, I I remember in like the early '90s thinking, why does everything suck now? Everything was so awesome in the '80s. All the movies <laughs> were so awesome. What's going on? And then this is me as a child. I vividly remember thinking at that point in time, thinking, you know, it's really, really good to be alive in like 93 or whatever year it was because 
all the eighties have happened. So I already, I can just anytime watch everything. I have to wait for the good, the, like the best movies from 89 to come out because it's only 84. I remember vividly thinking that. And I remember (laughs) when I was in my extreme youth, it was like, uh, it was, it was like, I don't remember what it was. Some, probably uh, Transformers actually being like so sad that the show has ended and this era was over and like, sitting yeah. in the bathtub and crying about it i remember that <laughs> i literally remember that and for me it was like all those good 80s shows like that era has ended and will never come back and i was like so upset about it so nice that sounds ridiculous, I was like that with music but i've kind of always had that <laughs> that going on that like 80s weird like look back and be nostalgic thing anyway I was, I was like that with music for for me it was like i'd listen to uh, to, to bands like extreme the, yeah. the the more than words amongst other hits uh and they were like doing this amazing guitar 80s rock shit and then the 90s came and and nuno betancourt quit and started doing grunge and painting his fingernails black and i was like uh <laughs> everyone started cutting their hair and <laughs> <laughs> if if music yeah music i think of all things that 80s 80, there's like something about music in the 80s that came and died and was only yeah. there at that one time right yeah yeah all of it huh like new wave and, and glam rock and just all yeah these other cindy lopper yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can't like the coming of 1990 must have been death for her her uh, style of everything i think yeah it's like you know she she was like the thing of the eighties. It's like her music and then like the Goonies, and like <laughs> uh, ridiculous. Awesome. Oh my. Uh, speaking of going on nostalgia trips, I guess it, it wasn't the eighties, but it was the nineties. Sure. Uh, so I finally was getting around to, to uh, going over to a friend's house this week and playing Super Mario Bros. Three on my mini Famicom. Very nice. So we, uh, it's it's disgusting how difficult my reflexes find that game these days. Really? Wow. <laughs> when you're me and that's like a regular weekend. I mean, I, I feel like. When I turn on like a 3D shooter, I'm uh, no matter what, I'm always the worst in the room. I'm like, oh yeah. my god, I can't do this. And then you turn on like one of those games, and uh, yeah, that, that's like where I live, kind of. <laughs> it's like I haven't played one of those games in a while, and and I yeah. feel like the timing is ever so slightly off on them. You know, it probably is. It probably unless, is, unless you're playing it on a tube TV. I almost guarantee it is. Yeah, it's it's HDMI, right? So then it is. Yeah, the the timing. Like the that game has, uh, uh, I think it's in like the second level. There's like these little uh, music note bouncy blocks that you can yep. jump on, yep. and I was like having a hard time jumping on those things. Like I I kept just like bouncing off and then dying. Yeah, because <laughs> it's because it's just like the timing is just ever so slightly different, and and I guess I was pressing the button later than I needed to. I went into a video store one time, um, Willow Video in Langley, BC, actually, and they had yeah. uh, an original Nintendo set up with Mega Man, and I, I just could, I like, was like playing it and complaining about the the lag and complaining about the lag, and the guy working there was like, "What are you talking about? There's no lag." I was like, "Trust me, trust me. There's like this ever so slight lag, and it ruins it." And I, I managed to convince him before leaving. He was like, "Wow, you're right." So um, people don't really notice, I think, like even people involved in like games and stuff. But it's it's almost it's like imperceivable to an observer maybe but yeah 
it's very very obvious especially again if you're me and you you have a tube tv set up and you play like very regularly yeah um, i mean i complain i don't get to play games very much but at the very least i'm like i don't know trying out my games for like five minutes here and there so it's not much of a a sit down experience but like i'm just you know I'm, i know that there's a lag when there's a lag so uh yeah you're i can almost guarantee that you were dying because of the lag yes yeah so uh that that was disappointing so we we uh, me and my buddy we sat down and we thought we were going to be able to beat it but we weren't able to beat it all in one go like we got to (laughs) world eight and so two things happened uh one uh we we were sucking (laughs) uh and secondly do you remember the airship level in world eight Yes, it's fairly that difficult. Level, That's the one, that one is the one everyone uses a P-Wing on. Yeah, exactly. And so my buddy, he had his P-Wing. And what he did was he like accidentally used the P-Wing the level before. He like opened up the inventory on the, <laughs> on the main map screen. You press B to open up the inventory. And then yeah. he like panicked and pressed A and used his P-Wing uh, and so we didn't get to use that for the airship level. <laughs> that that particular level, of course, I think is probably the most difficult in the game, and it's fun, but it's yeah, it's with a leg. <laughs> There's yeah, I would write off your chances. Yeah, th- so that was a nightmare, and and so so that was part of what made me want to uh, get onto today's topic, which is what is your favorite or least favorite inventory systems. Uh, cause for me, you know, Mario three had an incredibly simple inventory system. Like you could, you could get items from these chests in the, in the mushroom houses and whatnot. And, uh, the, I think it had two shortcomings. One is that because there were only two buttons, there was a tendency to accidentally use an item when you didn't want to. Yeah. Uh, and B, the game didn't have any sort of save features. So you had this wonderful feature of you got to beat the game and then you could restart and then your inventory was like completely full of P wings. But then, you know, you don't get to save your game. So you turn it off and then that's just lost forever until you, you can't be- collect loot. So to speak. Yeah. Um, that's very interesting. Actually, I, your second point I would not have ever considered, but the first point I think, uh, I, I would, I mean, it's just a limitation of the system. I, I wonder how they would even address that. Like, they could ask you every single time, like, do you mean to use this? Right? Like, yeah. But that which, oh. which is, is frustrating in a lot of games that do do that. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could just ask that question for special items like the P wing. Are, sh- yeah. are you sure right now, right here? I th- I think they should have put better use of like either the start or select buttons so that like you have to mm. use one of those to open the menu. Cause it's a lot less accidental to press one of those than one of the other two circular red buttons that are side by side yeah or another option too um like when you when you uh flip on your inventory it's like let's say you just have five items you can't move the cursor such that no item is selected like maybe if they had a spot that yeah. just said don't select an item and you just use the same button like you press a on any item or you press a on don't select an item um, yeah and then they could have left how it is now where b also exits so if you have like a billion items and you you're on your fifth page you could just press b so if you know what you're doing, but if you've accidentally entered that inventory screen, then you can press A on the no item box or something like that. Yeah. Um, interesting. 
Uh, we had, of course, proposed the um, inventory system uh, question earlier, and I hadn't even thought of Mario 3. So, um, I mean, I would honestly kind of praise the Mario 3 system generally because especially when you look at things for that time, 1988 or whenever yeah. it came out, uh, you know, there's not a lot of, especially side, like, platformer games, there just wasn't that kind of system in place. So it was probably quite, I can imagine, like, kids at the time being like, whoa, awesome. Um, though I do see in retrospect how it's, it's uh, frustrating. Have you ever played any of the Adventure Island games? Yes. I don't remember I don't remember them very well though. I just okay. remember a guy in his underwear throwing <laughs> bones or something. Okay, they get progressively more <laughs> complicated. There's one, two, three, four, or complex or like sophisticated maybe I should say. Um on the original Famicom or Nintendo. Uh then on Super Nintendo, in my opinion, they just it was a, he went hugely downhill. Um they just weren't even interesting. But the original ones, um the fourth one is like almost an RPG kind of. Um, and it's a really yeah. interesting and cool game. And the first one, there's no inventory or anything. And it's just a straight um, platformer. But the second one was kind of interesting because it was like it was like you could power up your character in various ways. So he had like an item he could throw, something he could ride on. Um, I forget what else. There was just pure power-ups, like something that made you invincible for a little bit or something. And uh, when you finished a level, whatever power-ups you had, as you as you travel through the game, when you went into another level, at the start of that level, you could choose to like save those power-ups, like slot them away kind of. So cool. um, you could, like if I, there was a dinosaur you could ride. So you go in the level with yeah, yeah. dinosaurs, you finish the level with the dinosaur, then you could slot away the dinosaur and you could go into another level and you could, you could get uh, maybe a different dinosaur and then slot him away and then you get like a really good uh, attack item. So you would just save it so you don't accidentally lose it and then you could pull it back out when you fight a boss. So imagine Mario 3, but like, if I find a frog suit, after I beat that level, I could take the frog suit off and put it back in the inventory. Like, it, it was that yeah. kind of inventory system. It was kind of neat. I thought that was really neat. So, um, you couldn't save in this game either. But it was just a good way to, like... Because, like, in Mario 3, if you use the frog suit because you have this water level coming up and it's it's fun to use the frog suit or whatever and you use it, great. Now you beat the level. There's no more water levels, but you're still in the frog suit, right? Obviously, you're going to lose it in a level or two because it's not... Like, the land levels aren't meant for the frog suit right so yeah yeah by using it, the you worst. it you can't just kind of pull out this special item when you need it and hope for the best that that frog suit is like i think it was like the first level in world three it was like amazing to have the frog suit for that uh because it was like an entirely underwater level and you could just press the direction and you'd go in there but yeah the first time after that that you like do a land level in the frog suit you're just like what the <laughs> hell <laughs> I have a particular level in mind I don't know if it was the first level of, of the third world but it's with all the like electric octopuses octopi yeah. whatever yeah or squid or whatever the hell they were and you're like yeah without it yeah, you're kind of like Ugh. yeah there was one of there was one where it like panned automatically didn't it um, I think there's maybe even a few like that. Uh, yeah, I I feel like it wasn't that common for there to be inventories in action type levels. Uh, like, I, I mean, obviously you could consider Castlevania where you could get the different items and, and every time you get a new one, you lose the old one. Right. Um, or like, I mean, super, super simple, but in my opinion, effective was uh, Super Mario World. Um, yeah. You got uh, to you store could... the one up top. Yeah, you could just store the one up top. And I mean, the game was simple enough. Generally, uh, you're always going to be, well, I think most people just wanted to have the feather and then store a feather. But like, I liked to have a feather and store a flower. And generally, mm. I wouldn't use the flowers unless it was like a water level or something. Then you switch to flower and, and 
burn everything. Yeah. And then when you go to the water, you switch back to feather. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was cool. I mean, I can see, I can see it being interesting actually, if there was like, if it was a more complicated game and there was like 20 different like suits or whatever Mario could have, it would still be interesting to have that system. Cause you just have to pick one. You can store, right? Yeah. Um, have you ever played the, uh, super Nintendo Contra game? Uh, I don't remember trying it. Okay. Well, um, original Contra, there's all kinds of different power-ups and there's generally like everyone prefers the spread power-up. It's really good. It's, it's every shoots shots all across the screen. Generally when you get that, you stick with it until you die. Um, yeah. but, uh, in super Contra, I think they were of course aware of this. So they, they made a lot more interesting items that could kind of compete with spread. You had like heat seeking things and weird bomb things and stuff. And, uh, you actually had two slots, uh, and so you could get an item and put it in a slot. It was kind of like Mario World where you had the slot, but then yeah. you had two up top, and you could one of them was selected, and, and the other one was like your, your backup, I guess. And when you died, you lost whatever was selected. So sometimes, like since it's so easy to die and since you want to hold on to your good weapons, if there was an area where like it was all about jumping and less about shooting things, you would, and you had a good weapon, you'd switch off onto your less good weapon and then run through it, and even if you died, you'd just lose the less good weapon. Mm. Um, but then of course, I mean, there's certain weapons too that like they really suck, but they're really powerful. So you'd get one and you would store it in your backup slot. You'd run through the level with your really good weapon. Then when you get to the boss, you switch to that crappy weapon laser, particularly that's really powerful. And you just like shoot the boss five times and he dies and then switch back. Yeah. So, um, you know, simple, but effective, I thought for a platformer, uh, inventory system. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think in retrospect, probably, uh, the, the Mario world is, is my favorite type of inventory for a platformer game mm. like any any time in like ninja gaiden or castlevania or whatever where you see these items i remember always being very hesitant to pick up a new one because it's like yeah uh, i already have one that i'm happy with like what if this is worse like what if i i i still need the axe for the boss or something it's like yeah, yep, yep, exactly. So I, um, so I, I definitely like what in Super Mario World that not only did you get to store the thing, but it it was swappable. So like, you know, you use the feather, and then if you had the fire flower, that now goes up to your inventory. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, imagine you could store an item in Castlevania. Like, I think that would have been really yeah. cool, right? You'd probably store that axe and get the new item, and then if it sucks, switch back to the axe, right? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, when it comes to like RPG sorts of inventories, do you have any, uh, favorites or things I did, that you actually. hated? Um, I, I was thinking about it a bit. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say like across the board, like I would always do this in my game. I think depending on the game, there's going to be different, uh, inventory systems that work really well. Like I think yeah. an example is, uh, the Dragon Quest series, like really all of those games. Um, generally I, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of it, but I don't know what it was. It kind of suited dragon quest i guess just because yeah i mean some games you find tons of loot some games you barely find anything like dragon quest wasn't like a go out and collect a million billion items kind of game so yeah. it, it wasn't a big deal that um it was unless it's limited. a tiny metal yeah but i mean you, you know like each <laughs> yeah. character can hold 10 things or whatever like that kind yeah. of design um and then included in those 10 things is the weapon they're carrying and the uh the armor they're wearing and stuff so it really it was, I wouldn't call it realistic, but I mean, it, it kind of, versus games where it's like, yeah, you can just carry a bazillion things. Um, it kind of, you were always conscious of that. Yeah. So uh, you had to 
like you'd find some new item and you wouldn't really know if it's the right thing to get rid of. So, um, and then I think I forget which Dragon Quests, but I'm pretty sure some of them you could like bring items back and put them in like a, a safe somewhere or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you could do that in the fourth one. I believe the third as well. Maybe the fifth. I'm, I'm not sure. I've only because 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 in the fourth one, uh, in in chapter three, you're a Tornico or Taloon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you open up a weapon shop with your wife, which I, I, I think that that was like one of my most mind blowing favorite things in an RPG up until that point. Like (laughs) you're now the NPC kind of, it's like, yeah, you're like running a shop and it's like, I don't know. That's, I guess the first sim like game that I played in a way. Four was Uh, very cool. I very much enjoyed Dragon Quest four. Very much. Uh, I, I to to this day that's still one of my most favorite games of all time. Yeah. Um, Did you play yeah, any of the spinoffs? Side no. Uh, no. I kind of hated them. He has his own game, right? I think he might <laughs> yeah, have two games. And it's like I don't know. It's not my favorite. That's another topic. It's like a dungeon game, isn't it? Or? It's a dungeon crawler. It's one of those uh, like yeah. ugly games where the character takes up two thirds of the screen for some reason. It's just not that enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you got to open up a weapon shop with your wife and then uh, in later chapters, uh, you got to use that as a bank, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was so cool. yeah, that, that was pretty cool. I, I, I definitely remember enjoying that about Dragon Quest. It, it, it seemed very, or Dragon Warrior for those of us yeah. uh, on this continent. Uh, I remember that being pretty cool. The, the idea that like each character had their own inventory and like it, it, I don't know it seemed like it made more sense than final fantasy where you just had a giant bag of holding or whatever you're carrying like literally 800 things by the end of the game somehow split yeah. amongst however many characters you had and if like yeah. three people die you still carry 800 things yeah so it was interesting because uh in 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 some ways i really enjoyed that inventory system mm. um like I, I was much happier with say Final Fantasy four, uh, or six, their inventory system where it was this big list and, you know, you could have 255 of a given item mm-hmm. versus Dragon Warrior where two herbs took up two slots. Uh-oh. Yeah. I so think, I don't so remember. that was frustrating. Yeah. Maybe different Dragon Warrior games did it differently. I don't remember, but anyway. Yeah. And then if you compare that to modern games like Skyrim, uh, you know, in, in in Final Fantasy, you have this ordered list where items are on top of each other and and side by side as well. So yeah. like navigating stuff is a little bit quicker because you can navigate in multiple directions, right? As opposed to just up and down through a list. Yeah. Uh, and also the fucking being over encumbered with items, I I hate that in modern games. Like it when I collect. You, you know, I'm holding like a billion swords and shit. And then finally I pick up like an onion and suddenly <laughs> and I can't suddenly move anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it happened many times in Skyrim. Um, Skyrim particularly, I don't know, like the order items were in, I could never find anything. And I actually, yeah. just for fun, I played the game with uh, in Japanese just for fun. Oh yeah. And of course they don't sort items sensibly like by reading, they sort it by like, by like like all the kanji stuff is first and then the katakana stuff yeah and so it's like you know you're always like what where the hell is anything oh man 
So <laughs> at least, yeah, you didn't have that experience in the older, like the Final Fantasy games. Um, I actually, I don't know. I, I like collecting things. It's fun. So yeah. uh, I never really minded the Final Fantasy uh, system, even though it's ridiculous. As yeah. long as you could like sort and it was reasonable to like find stuff. You know, that that was actually yeah. one thing that I really enjoyed about it was its yeah. ability to sort. Like, yeah, because definitely. you could just, like there were lots of null spaces in the list. Yeah. So like you could shift stuff around and, and have like readability between items and stuff if you wanted. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know as when it, when it comes to like RPGs, I feel like that was kind of the most ideal system, but at the, at the same time I do like how like dragon quest and, and the Suikoden game that I'm playing right now, I like that you can have individual inventories as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Suikoden is, it is, it's kind of like a mix, uh, between you've got your party inventory I can't. I can't remember if Dragon Quest did that. I can't remember if you had a party inventory. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure you did not. I mean, there's. They made like so many Dragon Quest games. There's like what, twelve now yeah. or whatever. But I've only played the first seven. Yeah. So yeah. I, same. Certainly, they did not do it in those games. Um, I think I'm thinking of Fire Emblem. Uh, you've got like a, a party inventory, but then each character also has their own personal inventory. So it's like, you know, when you pick up an item and your inventory is full, it has somewhere to go. Interestingly, I see, I see. Interestingly, Final Fantasy, I don't know if you remember, but they did that too, right? There was, I don't remember which games did it. The third one, I think, did it where like each person, you had your giant party inventory and then each person had like their sword slot, their shield hmm. slot, their whatever slot, but then they had two item slots. And in the fight, I didn't you could re- use like a potion or something if you've had it in your slot. Maybe that was number two, actually. I don't remember. Because I think in the later games, when you go to use an item, you just pull from your party, yeah. your enormous party list. But in in maybe the second one, you had to pull from whatever that character was holding. Maybe it was the first maybe. one, even. I, kind it, of, was, it was definitely the first one that that happened. Yeah, I don't okay. remember the others. Yeah. I, I only played two and three once each. Um, <laughs> okay. And and they'd already gotten rid of that by the time it became four. So. Yeah. Um. I uh, one one thing that is so I'm frustrated with Suikoden too because you have I think three pages for your inventory. Okay. So then once that's filled out, you it's like Skyrim. You just like have to choose an item to throw away. Mm, Um. So uh, that sort of thing annoys me in games. Um. I I don't know. Yeah, I, I, under- I understand that there's a purpose to it, but when I'm arbitrarily limited by some mechanics like that, I feel like it takes away from the fun. Oh, man, I can... Yeah, well, so if I can finish your point. Yeah, so I was just going to say, the, the, uh, the thing that I do like is that you have your personal inventories in Suikoden, and so you have, like, your, your helmet and shield and sword or whatever. Hmm. But then you also have three arbitrary spaces, okay. and so it's up to you. Do you want to put an item in there that you can use that will do damage, or do you want an item there that can heal, or do you want, like, uh, a, an extra little equipped item that will raise your def- defense and strength and whatnot? Okay, and so that seems kind of cool to me because you can like take a weaker character and and give them extra armor, or you can like choose someone who isn't good at magic and give them some healing items or something. Mm. Cool, cool, cool. 
Um, I was just going to say uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced drove me crazy because there's, I don't know, I think you said you'd finished it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember the quest items? No. Really? Okay. Um, you do these quests and get these items and you have no idea what the value of any of these items are. It's like yeah. like chocobo tail and cooked soup and like some type of crystal and whatever. And then when new quests would come in, sometimes there'd be a requirement like this request this uh quest requires maybe this job someone has to have this job or some you have to have done this other thing or whatever but mm. often the requirement was that you have a specific quest item mm. so like there'd be a quest you do that gives you soup or something and then there'd be another quest and it's a quest are always stupid right it's like bring i'm sick my son is sick delivers a, a meal to him and the requirement would be that soup mm. so like uh, half the jobs you can't do because you don't have the item requirement yet um you don't you just don't know, right? And some mm-hmm. items are totally useless. And the items have the quest items have like other uses. Like if you bring it to battle, you'll you'll it'll bump your defense or something. So some mm-hmm. items seem useful, and some items seem useless, and you don't really know. And this would all be fine and well, except there's a limit on how many quest items you can carry, and it drives me drove me nuts because it'd be like yeah. I'd do a quest, and it would it would give me this quest item, and I it, it'd be like silver shield or something and then it'd say you you don't have any more room for quest items uh okay so i have to pick one to get rid of um okay so yeah. i look through my quest items i don't know what to get rid of it's just arbitrary items it's just a completely arbitrary list so i yeah. scroll down to something that seems useless it'll be like rotten meat okay i guess this one and then i go into the bar and there's a new quest requirement yeah. rotten meat okay <laughs> i can't do it because i got rid of it because i thought that i had a more useful item and there's no way for me to know that i would need rotten meat above yeah. any other item right and like, uh, it's like everything about it. Like, um, a quest would require some item, and sometimes it consumes the item, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. So okay, so sometimes I'd go on a quest that required item A, and then later I'd my list would be full, and I know I already used item A, so I guess I already, you know, I don't need that anymore, and I get rid of it. And then another yeah. quest comes that again requires item A. It's like there's, it's completely arbitrary. You have no way to. It's just luck if you pick the right subset yeah. of all the items, right? And yeah. quests would reappear, so that's. I think they thought you'd redo the quest to get that item again, because uh, I don't know. I hated it. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously, people are going to find that fun. Yeah, of course, right. So I mean, <laughs> I can see where, like in Dragon Quest, you know, do I throw away the her- the the medical herb or do I throw away the this antidote. other thing, this um, antidote or something? You know, maybe I have to make that that choice on the fly, and if it's wrong, oh shit. But that's limitation in that sense is much better than the Final Fantasy Tactics advanced yeah. approach, like. It's a guessing game. Good luck. Tee-hee. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, when I was a kid, I had way more patience for stuff like that with Dragon Quest, where it's like, oh, I'm out of items. I guess I'll just go back to town and sell stuff, and then I'll come back and, you know, I'm grinding for more experience and more gold, and then I'll pick up the extra items from the treasure chests. And now it's like, I just <laughs> I want to get through this game. Cause yeah. I well, get... <laughs> when you're a kid, you have time and you have, uh, yeah. I don't know, uh, naivety i guess yeah like, even if i was 70 i don't think I, and i had no job and i was retired and like even if i was 100 and everyone around me was dead and i was just playing video games i wouldn't have patience to do that because i know yeah. there's more fun things to be doing when you're a kid you might not even know what you're missing <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think i think anything that's like those quest items or like anything that's essentially a currency that mm-hmm. you like you, the item serves no greater purpose other than trading it for a quest or uh, an item or something. I feel like that sort of thing should have its own 
endless inventory list where you just never have to worry about throwing that stuff out. Well, I know they did that. I know they did that in Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, they did with like the relics and stuff. Yeah. Well, no, they uh, not relics because relics were something that you could equip. Literally but they the had like items, a quest right? item inventory, yeah. uh, and Suikoden does that as well. Like I've got like a world map and like a little teleportation device and like I don't know some candles or some stupid item that I <laughs> got at, yeah. in like the very opening, and it's like they sit in their own inventory separate from everything else right so um, i i don't know i think that makes sense well um, well i think that's that's where final fantasy tactics advance was like bizarre to me where they actually yeah. did that but they limited the list yeah like actually i i never hit a limit on uh, weapons or armor or anything else so yeah. i don't it seemed like those lists were endless when they needn't <laughs> be because at some point obviously like i didn't really sell anything generally but like yeah. at some point you have like 20 different swords and obviously 10 of them are completely useless, low-level, weak swords that don't really teach you any useful skill. So you could yeah. get rid of them. The quest items of everything in the game should have been what was limitless because you don't know, right? There's just random bits of a giant puzzle you're collecting that you need to move forward. Yeah. And there's no hint what you'll need. Like, it was a pointless limitation to me. It was really bizarre that they put a limit. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had another uh, inventory system I found very interesting. No one's mentioned yet. Have you played, uh, or I know you haven't played it, but have you tried for five minutes or anything, um, say, Ultimate 7? No, not yet, no. So Ultimate 7 is interesting. I, I'm sure it's not the only game to do this, but the way it worked is, um, like, weapons have a size, like, literally, like, this weapon is 2 by okay. 8 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or this is shaped like an L or something. And yeah. The, yeah, the characters had, like, a bag that you'd open, and you had to put the items in there. Yeah, uh, I haven't played that particular game, but I've played games that have that inventory that have style. Been, yeah. uh, and yeah. that's that's a a pretty interesting way of doing it, I think. I think it depends I think, on the I think game, it, but I liked it, actually. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I think if you're going to limit how many items someone can hold, I, I think I like something like that way better than the arbitrary weight system that you have in Skyrim. Weight systems or even slots. I mean, we talked about yeah. Dragon Quest and stuff, but I found this, yeah. You can relate it's very to visual. it as a person. I have this much space. This item is bigger. You know, it's like... And uh, the the fun thing in Ultima 7 is like you'd... you'd I don't know. You get another character, and so he has his own bag, he or she, and, and they have mm. like maybe like a, a side, like a, a strap on their on their leg that you can put stuff in. Or like yeah. you'd, you'd buy a bigger bag. And then when yep. you open your inventory, you now have more, like the grid is bigger, right? It's like very relatable too. It felt real almost. It was cool, I thought. Very cool. Mm. So I like that yeah, they, a lot. They, I've definitely played a lot of games like that where yeah. you, you could change the inventory size. Um, but yeah, there, uh, so there was an Arma mod called... Um, Day Z or Day okay. Z, depending on the country you're from. Mm -hmm. uh, and th yeah, they, they had that inventory system where basically you spawn and I think you're wearing pants. So you have like two pockets. So you can stick like two items in there. But then yeah. you can find like cargo pants uh, and you can find like a jacket and like uh, a backpack or, uh, you know, you could find like a, a school kid's backpack versus a military backpack or something so 
Uh, and then the, all the items had like different sizes to them. So like you said, with the L shapes or whatever, like you, you got to stick stuff in there. I, I thought that was a, a really cool management system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was fun. It's it's definitely like I this is like going into this conversation. I, I think there's no, I mean, if I was to make like uh, RPGs all the time, I, I don't think I'd like stick to one inventory system. Like I don't think any of these rules over the another necessarily like they're all kind of interesting to me yeah i I think it's interesting to see how there's there's different solutions to each thing um like one game that i played a a crap ton of was the the guild wars franchise right um and so they have like bank systems as well um so like you on yourself can carry x items and then you can buy like a waste bag or a backpack or whatever so that you can store more items and and each item in that case is only like a a square tile um but then you also have like a a a bank chest in towns that you can go to and you, you can store like x numbers of items in those but then again kind of what we were talking about earlier with if you've got quest items in this case it was crafting items okay uh and then it was like a special crafting chest where you could save all that stuff so cool i i think it's interesting to see the the different techniques um that or different solutions to this problem that games have come up with yep yeah i think it's cool um one one uh system we didn't mention i could almost mention in passing but um is the uh, the system Zelda uses? Um, it's very, yeah. it's like pre-laid out. Like there's exactly these many items, and you will get yeah. one of each through the game, and you need them to complete it. But it's extremely good at for what it is, right? Like you go to your item screen, and there they are, all laid out. They can have a description. It's easy to find stuff. They don't like if I need if I know I need to use whatever the lantern. I know which slot yeah. it's in. It's in the bottom right. I just go there and grab it. Um, you know, it wouldn't work for Final Fantasy or something probably, but. Uh, that was effective for that type of game i i think it's really nice especially if you can manage to have a game where where you can list everything out all in one screen yeah i guess that's kind of why i liked the daisy one is it's the same way where everything is all laid out in one screen at once and and that's totally what zelda does like if you remember we were talking a little while ago about like the Shadowgate games i hated that inventory system where it's like you've got multiple pages oh, and, you, and you have to like go through page by page and like combine items from different pages and stuff. It's like, yeah, I, I wonder if that was a limitation of, so like playing it on Nintendo, you get that feeling like maybe if you played the original, like Apple version, it was one giant page and you could use the mouse and it wasn't a nightmare, but it was definitely, yeah, yeah extremely clunky. On the I, I remember it was, <laughs> I remember it was kind of clunky. There was a game I loved uh, by Sierra on the computer called Quest for Glory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, you would like, th- that was a typing game essentially like with, with this, right. uh, a text parser. So you would type like inventory and then it would open up your screen and it has the list of everything. And then you like escape out of it and you'd be like equip sword or like yeah. throw dagger or whatever. It's like the old uh, King's Quest games, right? Yeah. It, it was an interesting way of doing it because uh, it wasn't just like go into the menu and click on the item. It was like you still had to like use it in a way that made sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it feels like that's such a powerful way to do it. Like there's just an endless list of things you could type. So it just felt so like open, at least to me at the time. And yeah. And you just never knew what the fuck to do, right? <laughs> 
Uh, well, I'll throw one more game out there. I actually very much liked uh, Castlevania Three, um, which is I, I really like that game. Like it's one of my favorites. Um, but anyway, uh, you had two characters to choose from. Yeah, and you could switch between characters, and then of course each character had their item. So like, yeah. You could kind of accomplish the same thing. Like, if your one character had gotten some item and you want to use it against the boss, but if you die, you'll, if you get hit, if, yeah, you could lose it if, by dying. So you switch to other character and then try and make it kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or even like, kind of actually uh, a little bit similar to the original uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game on, on, on NES, um, in that you could switch, like, if one character was almost dying, you yeah. switch characters or something. Um, but obviously, since they each person had their own one-item inventory, it was kind of interesting. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I guess in Final Fantasy Tactics, it was a shared inventory, wasn't it? Like, I think so. I think like it was you, you had like ninjas that could throw items or chemists yeah. that could use items. Yeah, it was definitely shared. Okay. And they just had slots. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. uh, I'd say the only advice that I can say to anyone designing an inventory is don't over-encumber me <laughs> and don't make me throw out quest items. <laughs> yeah, that was mine. Uh, don't don't limit my quest items, you assholes. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I'm, I've been listening to my smoke detector go beep, beep every 10 seconds this whole hour. Oh, I haven't hour, heard it whatever. at all. You haven't heard it? Well, I hope it doesn't show up on the, on the uh, recording, but... My God, it's like Chinese <laughs> water torture or whatever they call it. <laughs> all right. Uh, on that note. All right. I think uh, that wraps up this episode of uh, the Vagabond Gamecast inventory extravaganza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Cheers, mate.